You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to call on the spirits to join us here today on this first show of a new year. So I call out to the ancestors. I call out to all of those in all of our lives who bring that which is good and true and beautiful, who bring our lineage to us, that we might use the wisdom, the life lessons, the heart and the passion of those who have gone before us, that we might go beyond that we might do things different, differently, that we might heal what needs to be healed, that we might transform old wounds and go forward in new ways, that we might use the creativity that is our birthright, that we might innovate and allow those who have gone before us to whisper in our ears to say, no, not that way I did that. It did not go well. That we might have the courage to step in another way, perhaps step in a way that no one's ever stepped in before. Because there are answers out there for us that our ancestors dreamt us into being to live. And it is our task to have the courage to take those steps that have never been taken. So I call out to those ancestors who dreamt us into existence those who called us here as answers to their prayers, to those things they could not do because they did not live long enough or did not have the insight soon enough or did not have the energy to do what needed to be done, but they know what it is now, having lived long lives, lived well and died well. And I call out to those ancestors to gather around us here that we might learn from those who have gone before us. And I call out to the earth that deep and ancient ancestor in the story of the shamans, the an, the, this ancestor, the earth, dreamt. And it is from her dream of life that all life as we know it on this planet came into full manifestation. And that we are part of that great dream, that our life is inextricably interwoven with all other life. And we call out to the earth and we give thanks for the magic and the wonder and the miracle of this day. No matter what this day has in store for you, you are alive. And that is a blessing and a gift and a miracle. And we give thanks to the earth for that reality. The earthy, dirt, rock, solid reality that is being alive. And we ask the earth to help us today to draw in the wisdom of manifestation. May we not chicken out of what it means to be alive, to be here using resources that could be used by any other living thing, to use those resources well, and to give back with every breath of our life, to give back in gratitude for the use of those resources for this life, this adventure, this journey, this magnificence that is called being here as a human, no matter what your life entails. It is a miracle. And we give thanks for that fact. 
We give thanks to the earth for the wonder of her dreaming, for place, for home, for belonging, for connection, and for interconnection. We give thanks for the capacity to be grounded and to know ourselves in our own body and to choose to take a stand and be here now. And from that place in which we have taken a stand here today, feet firmly planted in the earth, our ancestors circled round, we reach up into the sky. And we call out to those energies above, those fiery, airy energies above, and we call out to that true yang energy. And by whatever name you call this energy of pure, sweet, true manifestation, of that expression, that creativity, that energy that brings us blessing, call that energy down. By whatever name you call it, it doesn't matter. Call it down. We call in the energy of prayer, of blessing, of champions, of mentors, of the help that shows up along the way when it was least expected and in the strangest forms. We call out for protection on our journey and we call out for the benevolence and the generosity of our universe, that these things may come to us, that we might plant seeds in this day that are fruitful. And that we might know protection in this day, prosperity of peace in our heart and mind, and love and joy in our expression of this day. So we call out to these energies to be with us here today, that we might feel the energy in our hearts and call our heart forward, that it can become the crucible of transformation it is meant to be. We call out the heart to draw up the passions of our belly and to draw down the clarity of our mind and to mix these often divergent energies into the magic that is the knowing in the heart of the heart path, the memory of why you are here. And may we call all of these energies together within us here today and in our hearts that we might live this day in a way that brings our gifts to the world and know that the world is a better place for that and we are better people for having stepped up to the challenge of doing that. So I thank you all for joining me here today on Why Shamanism Now. I give thanks to Indrek and Andrew, Mark, Sun, and Jean, and all of those. I give thanks to these people that have donated, that make the show real, um, that make the show happen. Because without the donations of listeners, we would not be able to offer this show available free to anyone who can have access to a computer, which of course means it's not entirely free but free to those who have the technology to access it. Um, That this happens only because of your generosity. If you are moved by this show, by any of these shows, allow your heart to be moved into action. I ask you to offer whatever donation you have. Every single dollar is accepted with great appreciation and all of it goes directly to keeping the show on the air. And this is how we will do it, people. To be moved by Aini, to be, allow the heart to be moved and act by the heart's motivations in life, to return to an understanding of Aini in Peruvian shamanism and Quechua, Aini. The, the, the capacity to allow yourself to feel what is going on in your heart and be moved by your heart into action in the world. This is our only option, people, to survive and to prevail in systems of greed around us. And they are strong right now and varied and all over the place and they are terrified. And we have one choice, people, and that is to act from the heart in ways that are intelligent, 
ways that are motivated by spirit and ways that are grounded in what it is that we choose to manifest in the world. I know that sounds big. And how can offering $5 to why shamanism now possibly have anything to do with that bigness? But it does. Every little thing we do does matter because every little thing that we do contributes to that greater field of the doing of it. It makes it that much easier for that next person to do one little thing. Greatness. In shamanism, greatness doesn't come from the big things. Well, I mean, it can. But greatness comes from living a life day by day, step by step, action by action, motivated by the true power of the heart. That is greatness. And that is discipline and imagination. And that is the willingness to surrender the overabundance of ego in a human's life to the co-creative experience that comes from living a life with spirit and knowing there are times I have to put my attitude down and offer my heart up to the greater wisdom, which is very, very often not mine. So anyway, here we are here today, our first show of a new year. And today's topic is dreams. And today's show is half of what has to be to come two shows because the the topic of dreams relative to shamanism is gigantic it is boundless it is frankly nearly impossible to talk about in podcasts um because when when the first contact Westerners uh, contacted shamanic people, they didn't understand, the, the listeners, the recorders, those who were listening and asking the questions, didn't understand that for indigenous people all over the world, and in particular shamanic people, which is largely similar groups, anyway, the word dream meant, many things got translated to the word dream whether that word was Spanish or English or German or whatever. The point is, for indigenous people, they did not have these firm boundaries between waking and sleeping dreams, between ordinary reality visitations and visions and um, non-ordinary reality, you know, shamanically induced visions and journeys. And so the word dream has been translated in most of the literature to, in a way that is very imprecise. We really don't know. We really don't know whether those first people were talking about nighttime dreams or journey dreams or daydreams or profound visions um, because they understood this whole aspect of human life so much differently than contemporary Westerners do. Now, there's a whole lot of people who still understand it in that shamanic indigenous person way. I'm just saying for us as Westerners, we, we, we struggle with something that is available to us every night. We make it so much harder than it needs to be. So we're going to talk about dreams, not just nighttime dreams. That's Although that is our focus this week is nighttime dreams. We'll talk about nighttime dreams and how that connects into what is 
usually very poorly translated in shamanism as the dream time. Um, the big dream, which is sometimes confused when a person has a big dream. I mean, the language we have for this, once again, in English is very limiting and because of that, confusing. So there is the story, the creation mythology, the creation story in, from shamanic people that begins with a dream. There was a vast nothingness in the time before time there, there was nothing. And for reasons no one understands, nothingness dreamt. And from that dream, life gets created as we understand it. Form gets created as we understand it. And so the idea is that everything in that is dreaming. Well, that whole concept is talking about how reality came into existence. It's talking about the absolute forefront of physics and mathematics and science as we can possibly comprehend it today was already being talked about by these indigenous people as they are talking about this thing that's been translated as the dream, the dream time, the big dream, the dreaming. And again, bad words. I mean, it's not helpful. It's confusing. But this is a really important aspect of shamanism, but it's important aspect in our contemporary lives because as humans with free will, we are unbelievably powerful dreamers. We are manifesting reality in every moment. And right now in America, we are probably 85, 90% of the people are utterly and completely unconscious that they're doing that. And so the reality that is being created is largely being created out of an unconscious dream. And what we'll talk about today is how unconscious dreams can be manipulated easily by outside forces. Um, so where was I? Dream time. So my point is that there is a relationship between our nighttime dreams and this big dream that's dreaming reality into existence. And that relationship is us, that we are the manifestors in the midst of all of this, utterly and completely misguided, lost and confused these days about what our role is relative to dreaming. So today, this week, let's start with the small d dream our personal nighttime dreams and talk about that. Why are we bothering to do that right now in the midst of January in the Northern Hemisphere in the middle of winter? Because now is the time in the Northern Hemisphere, now is the time to be cultivating in the darkness, in this yin time, in this time of restoration. You know, it's the bear time, right? How bears hibernate and gestate their young in that time and give birth. And, and the cub emerges in the spring fully formed. Right? So this is the idea that we are sitting in here today and next week is here we are in this deep, dark time um, in the Northern Hemisphere, cultivating what is it this is the visionary piece. What is it that I have enough passion for and I love enough to bring into manifestation, to birth in, fully formed, bring into the world in the springtime? Now is the time to organize yourself. Now is the time to course correct. Now is the time 
to be quiet with yourself and tune into those voices we do not have the time to even listen to in midsummer. Now is the time to allow that visionary some room to breathe, some air time in your head, some uh, energy from your heart to communicate with you. Now is the time for the visionary. And so, so we're going to talk about dreams and things that are in the realm of the visionary. The realm of the visionary is the realm of our personal dreams and how, how they are messages for us in our life. The big dream. What is our responsibility as spiritual adults with this big dream? The visionary energy obviously is about vision. What are you here to do? Why are you here? Get at it. What is it? How do we do that? How do we know that? And how do we start stop suffering in our confusion and begin to get some clarity and take steps forward to begin to live a life of purpose and meaning? There isn't anything else going on here. That's the only reason that we're here. And this is, this is the piece, the visionary piece of life is working to shape that vision, to release those many fabulous, great ideas that are part of the visionary energy that aren't yours to do and to focus in and on those things that are yours to do in this life. The visionary energy is also about you and your true nature and your capacity to tell the truth. To yourself, at least. And so vision goes immediately into fantasy and delusion. If we have not cultivated that other side of the visionary energy, which is the clarity of truth and, of, and, and an understanding of true nature. In other words, the cedar tree outside my window does not get to deny its cedar tree-ness. Right? It can't wake up tomorrow and go, oh, I'm so depressed. I, I, life is so hard. I'm suffering so much. I'm not going to be a tree today. It looks so easy to be a sparrow. I'm just going to be a sparrow. Right? Cedar trees can't do that. Cedar trees wake up in their true nature every day. Well, I don't even know if they go to sleep, but they are dreamers. They're constantly dreaming of their true nature, which is cedar. I'm cedar. We, on the other hand, being gifted with that mixed blessing of free will, can use that free will to create an entirely different story for ourselves that is absolutely contrary to our true nature. And so an aspect of the visionary energy is to truth tell. It's about clarity, insight, perception, the ability to conceive of things and to understand things in a way that we can know our true nature and allow our true nature to guide us towards a life of meaning and purpose. So, visionary energy, dreaming. Okay, so nighttime dreams, your nighttime dreams. Let's start at the basic, basic dream interpretation. Basic dream interpretation is that everything in the dream is you. That's simple, basic, 101 dream interpretation. And it's very useful. Now, as you work with dreams, though, what you usually reach beyond that simple idea that everything in the dream is me. So if that's the case, what did this dream mean? What were all these different parts of myself telling me? For example, when I danced with Bill T. Jones, I used to dream a lot of Bill T. Jones. Now, 
Bill is a gorgeous, sexy man, and it would be really easy to just assume I was dreaming about Bill T. Jones. Why not? Who wouldn't? Right? Male, female, who wouldn't? But the point is, if everyone in the dream is me, then who is Bill to me? Right? And so at that time in my life, of everyone in my life, Bill was the person who was most fully surrendered to his true nature and most powerfully manifesting his own creative vision. He was living a life of his soul's true purpose, come hell or high water, and, you know, God bless anyone who got in his way because this man was doing what he was born to do and put on this planet to do and doing it with great beauty, with great power, pissing people off and doing it anyway. So he was really um, uh, a great uh, mentor in that sense. So who is he when he's showing up in my dreams? He is me and my capacity to do that in my world. Do I want to be like Bill? Do I want to choreograph modern dance, among other things? No. That's not the point. But the point is he, in that time in my life, had become symbolic of a person willing to surrender to their true nature and go out in the world and do it, no matter what it took. And no matter how many people you pissed off along the way. And that's fine, uh, the pissing off part. And, and so, that's, so that's an example of that basic understanding of dream interpretation. Who are the figures showing up in your life? If they were manifestations of you, what part of you are they? And then given that... What are they saying to you? What is that character saying in your dreams to you? And so what is that part of yourself saying in your dreams to you? Very simple aspect of dream interpretation. Now, as we move on, there, there are many um, luminaries in the world of dream interpretation. And there is only one problem with all of them. And it is that they would say that their system is the right one. Because other than that, all of those systems are right sometimes. But no one system is right all the time. Because we are talking about people. People are infinitely, frustratingly, magnificently creative, innovative, and changeable, transformative. And so there is no one thing that will do everything for everybody. So all of the systems of dream interpretation out there written by the different luminaries in that field are perfectly valid and not 100% true all the time, but useful, just like basic dream interpretation can be useful. And the reason for this is very simple. It's the same issue with journeys because journeying, shamanic journeying, accesses the same symbolic language as our dreaming does. Every individual person has their own symbolic language. Some of it crosses over with other people. We'll talk a little bit more today in this show about why that is, but not all of it. Everyone's symbolic language is both um, cross-cultural or or, uh, shared because we're all humans and unique at the same time. And it's important to understand that, not only in terms of your own journey interpretation, but particularly in terms of dream interpretation. And that's the main reason that no one person's, um, you know, 
dream symbol encyclopedia is ever really going to work for everybody. Not a bad reference book to have might trigger a ring of truth in you, but one should never use a system to override your own deeper truth. Okay, so moving along, we can't talk about dreams um, without honoring and acknowledging that um, in the path of human life, that we've gone from basic dream interpretation to dream analysis. And so um, if we look at Carl Jung, that he made very healthy departures from Freud's dream interpretation, in my humble opinion. And that Jung basically, to, to grossly oversimplify, Jung believed that dreams were important gateways to the unknown parts of oneself. That Jungian dream interpretation is based on the belief that dreams are a direct message from the personal unconscious delivered through the archetypes of the collective unconscious. So in other words, my dreams are a message from me being delivered through these archetypal images which are shared by everyone who is human. Okay. So working then with a dreamer's symbolic associations, the dreamer's system is accessed. And the, and the beauty of that is you know, you're accessing the dreamer's system because the dream needs to be interpreted for the dreamer. And the most important symbolic associations are then gathered and combined uh, to give a holistic view of the dream's meaning. And the greatest value in, in Jungian dream analysis is for you to learn it to be able to analyze your own dreams. Uh, that, is, that, is not as, that is more valuable in a sense than paying someone else to interpret your dreams for your entire life. That the important thing in this system of dream analysis is to learn it from a skilled um, professional and use it if, if it suits you, if it rings true for you. Um, so the important thing in these, both of these systems from the basic dream interpretation through other luminaries in the field and to Jung who is, you know, of course – um, must be honored for his contribution to humanity's understanding of humanity's self. The important thing is that in all of this, there is a belief that all dreams and all parts of the dreams are coming from the individual's psyche. But what if not all dreams are psychological dreams? Some certainly are. Many certainly are. Because union analysis is a very, very powerful tool. Um, to learn to use on your dreams. So obviously some dreams are psychological and can be interpreted effectively in this way. But what if there are different types of dreams? So what the, the clearest example of this in my own life was actually a client who was an excellent Jungian dream analyst. Um, she probably could have gone into practice working with other people herself, given all of the many, many years she had worked with analysts and learned to analyze her own dreams. Her, she had a natural propensity to understand metaphor and archetype and myth, and so she just was in her element in Jungian dream analysis. And she, she gained um, great depth and meaning out of her dreams and had learned from the people who had – been the analyst that she'd worked with had learned to analyze her own dreams. And so she was self-empowered then to interpret her own dreams. And this was all good. And she came to me um, with a dream 
And I said, why, why are you bringing this to me? You're the rock star here with dream analysis. And she said, it doesn't work for this dream. I had this dream and I know it's a big dream. It's an important dream because I've had it several times. But every time, every way I try to analyze it, it doesn't have any real meaning. It doesn't, doesn't have the weight of meaning that the dream itself had. I said, so I know I'm not getting it. And so she shared the dream with me. And I said, you know, I'm very hesitant to interpret your dream because this is your symbolic language. She says, well, but I'm asking you to. And I said, well, shamanically, these images would mean this. And I, I talked with her about, in essence, what that dream might mean if it was a journey. If we interpret it from a shamanic perspective, what would that mean? And I asked her a lot of questions about who the different dream figures were. And some of them were clearly, from a shamanic perspective, helping spirits. That's not how she had been interpreting them for the last two decades. It didn't really matter. But that's how we interpreted them shamanically. And so she found um, great meaning. She felt like she could tap the meaning of that particular dream if she interpreted it shamanically. And we had this relationship over um, many years where every once in a while she would check in with me because she said I had another shamanic dream. And I want you to help me interpret it because she wasn't that good with the shamanic interpretation the way she was with Jungian. And so this was the great example for me in my life of how we really needed to understand that we as human beings have many, many different kinds of dreams. And, and we, we gain the message of the dream when we bring the, um, the, the system of interpretation that the dream is calling for and that we know we've matched up the system in, of interpretation and the dream when we feel that the, the weight of the message is commensurate with the weight of the dream experience itself. Um, so... Many different shamanic peoples then, so we're moving into shamanic dream interpretation, interpret dreams as literal communication from the soul about the present or more importantly, potentially about the future. Um, I would say that shamanic people see dreams as messages from spirit, period, whether it's your spirit or other spirits. But anyway, so if I, I share a little bit from an encyclopedia of shamanism, which by the way, you can purchase for um, the paperback version at my website, which is lastmaskcenter.org. Anyway, so from an encyclopedia of shamanism. So dreams are interpreted by shamanic people as gifts from spirit, either the spirit of the dreamer himself, the dreamer's helping spirits, or from spirit in the larger sense, great spirit or the divine. These gifts or messages come in sleeping dreams, which would be the dreams we have while we are asleep, or waking dreams, which are dreamlike altered state experiences we have while we are awake. So now we've already complicated things, right? Because now we're no longer just talking about nighttime dreams, sleeping dreams. So an example um, in the encyclopedia is a woman, Sarah Smith, who was a dreamer, a traditional dreamer um, of the Mohawk tribe. And she explains that dreams have limitless potential to guide the dreamer. Every dream is a unique and personal teaching tailored by spirit for the dreamer. 
The dreamer must respond to the dream or the dream will go back to sleep and the teaching is lost. There are no bad dreams. All dreams are an opportunity to see the beauty of the teachings from spirit and to learn from them. So this is an important point if you read about shamanism and dream work and things, if you're a reader person. Just remember that the word dream has been used to translate many different states of being. Um, so these you know, pre-contact shamanic people didn't have the distinctions that we have today. So read with a big, generous interpretation of what the word dream means. So now... On, on our show here today, right, we're now talking not only about different types of dreams, but we're talking about different types of dream states, waking, sleeping, journeying, different types of dream states. Okay. So, uh, in general, there are many different types of waking and sleeping dreams. All shamanic cultures recognize at least two types of dreams. Now, not the Western world's distinction between a nighttime dream and a daydream or a waking dream, right? Not that, not that Western distinction. But shamanic cultures recognize at least two types of dreams as big dreams, those with a message for the community, and little dreams, those with a message for the individual who is dreaming. So I'll share with you... Um, a short story about my first experience of this as a shamanic practitioner. Because the whole art of dreaming and really working with people in dreams um, is, uh, is a particular art in and of itself. And some are very gifted and I think come into this lifetime with some past life information about how to do that. And some of us are sort of sorting it out in this lifetime. But anyway, um, I was um, working uh, regularly, um, I think every couple weeks or maybe even every week, with a young woman who was very, very troubled um, psychologically. Her presenting issue was that she had been ritually abused, which is um, a level of um, fear, uh, internal internal structuring, fear-based internal structuring that is really unimaginable by those of us that go through life with just regular garden variety um, family of origin problems. Um, so she, she was really complex inside. Um, like, I can't, I don't even have the words to explain how complicated it was. Anyway, what started happening while I was at, in this particular time in my life, I was doing a lot of work with clients, um, probably a little bit too much. And so I was having a lot of dreams that frankly really weren't my dreams. And I hadn't really figured that out yet. It was just very confusing at night and very busy. And I often woke up more tired than I went to sleep. And I, I didn't really have a teacher at that time, so which probably would have helped because I really didn't know what was going on with all that nighttime stuff. But anyway, um, I started to understand one day um, because this young woman came to me and she walked in my door and I just looked at her and I asked her what had been going on and she went into this whole thing about, you know, what had happened since I last saw her seven days before. And it was like so big and so complicated and just, I had no idea what to do with it shamanically, not a clue. And I just looked at her and I said, you know what, I don't have any idea to do with any of that, but I had this really weird dream last night. And I told her the dream because I had this really strange dream. And to be honest, the whole dream felt foreign. It just, I, 
it was almost as if I had dreamt in someone else's symbolic language. That's how weird it was. Like there was just nothing in that dream that felt like it had any resonance with my own ability to understand things. It was just weird. And so I shared this really weird dream with her because it was like the only thing in my life that was as strange as what she'd just experienced for a week. So I shared this dream with her and she looked at me and it was like watching a Picasso when he was in that um, kind of crazy disconnected phase, watching a Picasso shift into correct alignment. It's like as if she was that kind of crazy Picasso. It's like it was like watching her energetically come into alignment and become the Mona Lisa. I swear. And she looked at me and she said, "Thank you so much. That was so helpful." And got up and walked out. Now, I admit to this day I have no idea how it helped her. I don't understand the details at all. I still don't even understand the dream. But what I understood in that moment is that I had dreamt a dream for her. It was her dream. And that it was her message, in a sense, from spirit. And my job was simply to deliver it. And frankly, in that case, to deliver it without even interpreting. Because I had no idea how to interpret it. But it made sense to her. But more important, it made whatever was going on for her. Because she was really suffering when she came in the door. It made that make a kind of sense. She was able to sort it in a way that brought her peace I don't presume to understand how that happened at all in terms of the psychology of it. I'm not sure there was psychology in it. It may have been purely spirit. But the point was it was a message that needed to be delivered. And that was a very profound day for me, realizing – well, mostly realizing once again how little I understood about what I was doing. But that's a whole other show. So back to dreams and back to the encyclopedia. So – Sleeping dreams are believed to be the wishes of the soul by many cultures. Through dreams, the soul can warn us of a future problem or danger. When the soul has a serious message, the resulting dreams often have similar characteristics. These dreams are dreamed in brilliant color, often come just before dawn breaks. They often will reoccur night after night, or they may replay several times in one night in slightly different expressions of the same message. But there are qualities like this that um, are noted cross-culturally that signify that this dream is carrying, this nighttime dream, is carrying a serious message. Then, when the dreamer acts on the dream message in their waking hours, the creative force of the soul that gave the dream recognizes that the dreamer is listening and creates more dreams. It is as if dreams notice that the dreamer notices them. Noticing dreams then encourages more messages and guidance to come in subsequent dreams. So as with your human relationship with your non-embodied helping spirits, there is a similar situation here where you human have a relationship with your dreams and if you ignore them they have a tendency to go away and if you pay attention to them and act on them interpret them it's part of the reason the woman i talked about the union analysis woman had so many dreams because every morning she had a practice of writing them down 
and interpreting them throughout the day. So her, she noticed her dreams. Her dreams noticed her noticing them. And so they kept coming. So it's important to cultivate your relationship with your dreams. So when we go back to the idea that there are different types of dreams, I also want to point out that there are garbage dreams, especially in contemporary life. There are garbage dreams. There are pure stress-anxiety dreams. These are not, in their intensity, they are not message dreams. They're just your system trying to detox from a day of overwhelming stress, yin depletion, and lack of true yang expression in your life. Uh, and so there are garbage dreams, what I call garbage dreams. They're these pure anxiety dreams or what ultimately arises if we continue to ignore our dreams is an utter, a feeling of a complete lack of dream. And this can, is, can be a symptom of, of a true yin deficiency. And, and yin energies are our willingness to go into our heart, to go into our feelings, to move into the gooey, squishy, emotional realm of our life, to do our shadow work, and ultimately the dismantling of our false self, that this is yin work. Um, restoration, rest, cultivation, being in a state of pure potential with uncertainty, to be in the unknowing, these kinds of things. So that's yin time. It's also nighttime. It's sleep time. So if our dreams notice us, noticing them, then it's really obvious why some people stop dreaming, quote unquote, stop dreaming. I have people bring that to me as a problem in their sessions. I've stopped dreaming. So if we aren't sleeping enough to dream well, and certainly not taking the time to notice the dreams we do have, why should they, the dreams, bother in coming? So we must give ourselves the quality of sleep necessary to dream well. And this has everything to do with our relationship with our own deep nature, our deep yin, our relationship with nighttime, our relationship with sleep, and our alignment with our own dreams. So do you tend the quality of your sleep time so that you can get past the garbage dream and the stress, anxiety dreams before the alarm goes off? Or are you barely sorting through the toxic stress of yesterday in your dreams by the time your alarm goes off and you're jumping into the next day? We, contemporary Americans, mostly, thanks to electricity um, and, and all of the media that mediates our time before sleep, um, extend our energies out into... Um, the, the, the media at a time when we need to be drawing our energies in, going internal, organizing ourselves to approach sleep that we might offer ourselves up to the dream and to the dreamers. So we wonder why we're lost, why we're not getting the messages, why our soul seems as if our soul has abandoned us and we have no idea what our soul's purpose is when we are not even cultivating the one automatic communication with soul that takes no training, which is the willingness to go to sleep at night and dream and pay attention to your own dreams. You don't need to go to classes for that. You don't need to have shamanic training for that. You don't need to do anything for that other than to make choices and live with with an understanding that nighttime is that opportunity 
to connect with that other half of yourself and to let that part of yourself add some information into the mix that becomes your next day of problem solving. So sleep time is your big yin time. And if you avoid the yin energies of life all day, namely your feelings, and you bring a great burden of imbalance into your sleep at night, do you give yourself enough sleep? You know, how many hours do you sleep? Do you give yourself the time to correct that imbalance, to travel deeply into deep sleep and allow the dreamer to begin to create dreams for you? So in um, Chinese medicine, the liver is the dreamer. And the gallbladder is the dream manifester. So how many of you wake up between 1.30 and 3.30 a.m.? How many of you wake up and can't go back to sleep? How many of you suffer insomnia at that time? Well, that's liver time. That's the dreamer. And the other energy of the liver in, in its unhealthy state, an imbalanced state, is anger. What if your insomnia is your dreamer angry with you? That you do not live in a way that allows the dreamer to dream the dream of why you are here. And to pass that dream off to the gallbladder, to the manifester, so that you will be guided in your day of how to live. So this is the mechanism that we are given in our organs, in our physiology, in the rising and setting of the sun, that we might have a nighttime and we might sleep and that we might dream. It's all there for us to turn off the lights. Get off your email. I mean, bless your hearts for downloading the podcast, but turn it off. Go to bed. Talk to your partner. Talk about your dreams, no matter how crazy or stupid or impossible they seem. Cultivate a relationship with dreams. And don't worry about the definitions of, is this a dream for my life? Is this a sleeping dream? Is this a waking dream? Is this a big vision? Am I called to do this? Don't bother with it. Just talk about your dreams. Go to sleep asking for dreams. So this is really why we're talking about it now, because now is the time, in the Northern Hemisphere at least, to write that relationship with your dreams, with your dreamer, and allow that organic, built-in human being guidance to begin to come into your life. So it's not about New Year's resolutions. Is that now is the time to dream and to discern, what do I love enough to give life to in the springtime? Now is the time to listen to these messages from spirit and from your own spirit. So here's my challenge for you. It's a very simple challenge. No shamanic training necessary. I call it intentional dreaming. Now, the first thing you need to do to rise to this challenge is to make whatever choices you need to make that are necessary to get enough sleep to get out of the garbage dreaming. You have to sleep long enough to get past that. Or, or live your day in such a way that you don't bring such an imbalance to your sleep at night. But once you have done that, try this simple challenge. You need a notebook and a pen by your bed. And each night, write down a question that you want an answer to. Any question will work. It's best if it's not a yes or no question because that's kind of a cop-out. But anyway, write down your question before you go to bed. And then as you lie in bed, set the intention that you will dream the answer to your question. 
ask the question as you're falling asleep into the dream time, you know, into the sleep. Just ask your question into the sleep. Give gratitude for the dream that you will receive that will answer it. So give thanks as you're falling asleep and just give it over. Give yourself over to the dreamer within you. And then write down whatever you remember from your dreams in the morning. Now be patient with this. Give it 30 days if you have to. And just let me know how it goes after February 4th. That's all. There's no skills or shamanic training needed. Just cultivate your relationship with your nighttime dreams, with this practice of intentional dreaming and start to pay attention and repair your relationship with um, dreams. So generally, we can say that it's agreed that dreams are messages, whether we're talking about a Western interpretation that or a shamanic interpretation, everybody seems to agree at least that dreams are messages. So shamanically, dream messages can be a direct message. They can be a warning. It can be a nudge. Like, remember, you committed to do that, nudge, nudge. Uh, They can be an instruction or a teaching. Uh, They can be empowerment or a visitation. Uh, They could be an intrusion or a visitation. Uh, Dreams could be about something that needs to be tended. Or dreams can be garbage dreams. So um, Michael Harner recently published his core shamanic theory of dreams um, in December 2010 issue of Shamanism, which is the Foundation for Shamanic Studies journal. Um, I know members of the Foundation for Shamanic Studies get it. I don't know if you can get it if you're not a member. I'm not sure about that. But anyway, in this um, issue, um, Michael Harner introduces a shamanic interpretation of where dreams come from and how to interpret them. And so this is a core shamanic theory of dreams. And Michael is offering this teaching in new Foundations of Shamanic Studies courses called Shamanic Dreamwork, or at least that's what they have been called. Anyway, what I want to share with you here at the, the close of this half of this show about dreams and the dream time and dreamers is um, these core, these 10 core principles um, from Michael Harner's core shamanic theory of dreams as a way to segue us into how shamanic people look at dreams. And then from that segue into how shamanic people look at dreams, we're going to look at that extension from our own dreams into the big dreams and into the whole relationship with the dream time. And that's next week. Okay. So in Michael's article, these are the 10 core principles um, for dreams from a shamanic perspective. Number one, (laughs) we have to say it because this isn't accepted yet. Number one, spirits are real. Okay. Now, granted, we've discussed many times on many shows that the word, word spirit isn't such a great word, but we're stuck with it. So there we go. Spirits are real. Number two, spirits produce dreams, but not necessarily all dreams. And this is important because it means that there are potentially multiple spirits that can produce dreams, not just a single human soul. So that assumption I talked about earlier in the show, that everything in my dream is from me, everything's good, everything is not a safe assumption from a shamanic perspective. It may be a perfectly valid assumption for certain dreams and their interpretation, but not necessarily all dreams. Okay, so we're on number three. Spirits have a variety of characteristics along with different kinds and degrees of power 
and differing preoccupations. So we'll talk about this in a minute. But basically the point of this is we're talking about energies that don't have form and they are not all created equal, which we know from many, many shows listening to Why Shamanism Now or your shamanic practice or whatever. But this is a principle that Michael's putting forward. It's important because they all build on each other. Number four, spirits producing dreams can be personal souls. So the soul of the person dreaming. They can be helping spirits. They can be non-helping spirits, um, such as the dead that are stuck here in the land of the living or intrusive non-human spirits. Um, uh, there was an energy here on our land because of things we sort of inherited here on the land of an angry water spirit. That was very problematic. I stayed in an apartment in New York that also had a very, very angry water spirit that deeply affected uh, my dreams and the quality of my sleep. So that would be an example of a non-human, non-helping spirit. Um, Okay, so moving right along here, we did number four. Okay, number five. Nightmares can be beneficial warnings from one soul or helping spirits or may be manifested by non-helping spirits. So persons of substantial spiritual power tend to be resistant to receiving unsought dreams from non-helping spirits. So in other words, if you cultivate, if you have a strong energetic spiritual practice, you cultivate a relationship with spirit, um, you, you have some awareness of cultivating a boundaries and protective energy, you are less, you're going to be less inclined to have your dreams influenced by non-helping spirit energies. Okay, that's basically what that one means. Um, number seven, major, uh, major helping spirits can manifest as big dreams and convey important spiritual power and information, especially if this dream is repeating, is a repeating sleeping dream, or it can be a powerful waking dream. Um, number eight, principles apply, these principles apply to all kinds of dreams, including sleeping, waking, daydreams, and visions, which are defined as unusually vivid waking dreams. So now in, in, in Michael's list here, we're getting to that underlying principle we've already talked about on the show that from a shamanic perspective, there is not a distinction amongst not only the kinds there is a distinction among the kinds of dreams, but not so much of a distinction between the different dream states. Um, and so number nine, essentially, people can use journeying, so your shamanic journeying practice, and a relationship with their helping spirits to explore their dreams outside of space and time and glean a deeper or fuller meaning. So in other words, you can use your journeying to go back into a dream and explore its meaning um, at any time, actually. And number 10 connects with number nine. Um, they're linked. So journeys should include extensive study of metaphors, especially as they pertain to the meaning of spirit communications and thus the meaning of dreams. So what does this mean for us? Well, it means that it may not always be useful or accurate to interpret every dream as if all parts of the dream are aspects of yourself. It's a good place to start. 
as you are working with your interpretation, notice if your truth cord is vibrating. If it's not vibrating with the truth, then you're forcing it and you need to move on to a different system to interpret your dream. So these principles, Michael has laid out for us also state that it means that Jungian analysis or Freudian analysis or whatever system you're using may not be fruitful for every dream. Again, go there, use it, sense whether or not your truth cord is vibrating. If it has a ring of truth, then go for it. If you're forcing it, try a different system for interpretation. And over time, and I mean by that decades, not days, you will discover, you will develop a sense of feeling for the different types of dreams and the systems that are most fruitful for interpreting them. Just like the story of the woman I shared in the beginning who would call me because she'd had a shamanic dream and needed help interpreting that. So what what we'll do as we go forward in part two of this show is look at shamanic systems of dream interpretation in particular. And remember that there are as many shamanic systems of dream interpretation as there are shamanic cultures, at least, if not more. So we're, we're going to look at one in particular um, and look into a way to understand what Michael's talked about in his Ten Principles, that dreams can come not only from our own spirit and our helping spirits, which most of us probably already figured out, but that they can also be influenced by non-helping spirits. And how do we know the difference? Um, Because it's not just a sense of good or bad or intensity. Because in the dream world, we're not not in the uh, paradigms of ordinary reality here in the physical world. Everything changes and everything's different. So I hope you'll join us next week as we continue talking about dreams. And in particular, focus on a shamanic perspective for dream interpretation. And then the movement then into understanding the big dream. And how we are dreaming reality into manifestation. So I want to thank you all for joining me today. I give thanks to the ancestors for gathering around us. And I ask them, those who were powerful dreamers, to stay close to us, that we may come to understand in this time how to powerfully dream our true selves, our true nature into existence. I give thanks to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. I give thanks to you all for listening. And I hope you will join us as we continue on this very, very important topic. Because you, we all need to understand, we, every single one of us, dreamt this world we live in into existence. And I know for myself, I will own the fact that there are parts of this world I am, well, not the world, the world, the earth is fine, humanity, that I am extremely unhappy with right now. And so what I would hope I can do in my own life and hopefully inspire you to do is to understand our power as dreamers, to dream a new reality. It's a powerful message John Perkins brought in in a book that I don't, it may not even be in print anymore. But he asked the shamans, you know, how do we change this horrible imbalance that we live in? And the shamans said, change the dreams of the children. And reality will change in one generation. And so this is my challenge for myself and for you in 2011, is let's work together to change the dream. Because we are powerful dreamers. And in this way, we can shape reality to align with the powers and the passions of the heart. Thank you all for joining me here today.